Hi, and welcome to the Sit Down with Suzanne podcast. I am your host, Suzanne. Well, who am I? I am a author, a life coach, a minister, a motivational speaker, and a leader with over 20 odd years of experience leading multi-million dollar corporation. And I am here for your listening pleasure. For all my returning listeners, I thank you for liking, for sharing, for subscribing, for sending your feedback. I appreciate each and every one of you. For my first time listeners, thank you for joining. Stick around. I know it's your first. I hope it's not your last. So I've mentioned a few times since seasons two started that I wrote a book and I'm in the process of writing book number two, but I really wanted to talk a little bit about book number one. So this episode, I'm going to be talking about toxic leadership because unfortunately, um, if you have worked in any type of professional capacity, at one point or another, you might have encountered a toxic leader. So the name of my book is Detoxifying Leadership. And, you know, when I wrote the book, it was, it started out as a couple of ideas. And I, I still have a couple of people that I talked to from my previous life, um, I keep saying previous life, right? My previous roles where I was a district manager or store manager, and I have relationships with some of these folks and just still give them advice and counsel them and things like that. Just help them navigate this world that we live in, right? And, you know, I always talk about toxic leaderships and some of the signs of toxic leaders. So, like I said, the name of my book is Toxic Leadership, My First Class Seat to Toxic Leadership. And my name is Suzanne Graham Anderson. The book is available on Amazon. So please go ahead. The cost is $14.99. You can grab the book on Amazon. Um, it is also available um, via ebook. So you could also get it on Amazon, um, the ebook for $9.99. You can get it at Barnes and Noble, $14.99. You can also get the ebook. Um, you can get it at Walmart, also, well, it's $14.99 everywhere. So there's a plethora of places where the book are available. Those are the major ones um, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and Walmart. And you can get either the book or the ebook. And I also have to say, this is something I was very excited about because as a reader, my book is also um, in the library database, the ebook. So to have my book in the library, oh, that was an amazing experience. When I saw it that morning, um, it's available through Hoopla. I was just so very excited. Okay. So we're talking about toxic leadership, and I'm just going to give you a little little synopsis um, off the book. So overall, it was just a couple of different leaders that I have had over the years that were toxic leaders. So one of the things I wrote, um, so in the back of the book, it says, research has shown that a toxic work culture can hinder employee engagement and productivity. In fact, over the past several years, there has been numerous studies highlighting the benefits of organizations focusing on employee wellness, detoxifying leadership, which is my book. I offer some insights on how you can spot and prevent toxic leadership before it leads to a toxic culture. And one of the things I want to say, you can also spot these behaviors in yourself, because if you're not careful, some attitudes, some things that you do could turn out to be toxic because leadership is not a title. Leadership is something that you are, something that you do, you can lead without the title. And there's a lot of people that have the title of leadership, but unfortunately they are not leaders. They are more there for the glory of themselves. So 
let me just give you the first part of the book. He's an imbecile, a complete moron. I wonder how he got his job. He must have known someone on the staff or how else could he explain reading my paper and giving me a low grade? I know that there are five stages of grief, but in that moment, there were only two, anger and burn him to the ground. Okay, it sounds a tad dramatic, but you have to understand where it was coming from. Hi, my name is Suzanne and I like to get A's in all my classes. So that is the very first chapter titled the first, the, the five stages of grief. And you know, the book, I actually wrote it. So when I was writing the book, I didn't want one of those, you know, massive leadership book where it takes you forever to read it. And, you know, you can't identify. And I, I, I kind of made it, I, in my mind. So this was my vision, right? It's looks like a magazine. It's something that you can throw in your book. You can maybe bring it, you can read it on vacation. You can read it, I don't know, on the subway. So <laughs> I was not envisioning COVID when I did this, right? Read it on subway. If you're a passenger in a car, in an Uber, things like that, just a light read, um, some fun anecdotes, um, that, you know, like I said, some toxic leaders that I've had and some leadership traits that I had to get rid of in order to be the best leader that I can be. So like I mentioned, there's a couple of things that I had to change about myself. And then there was a couple of leaders that I had. And in the back of the book, I do give some examples of toxic leaderships. And if you allow some of these behaviors to continue, it will turn you into a toxic leader. One of the things that, and one of the most important thing I think about leadership, and that's something that can cause toxic leadership, is communication. A lot of time leaders, when they communicate, they communicate out, they don't communicate in. So they will give information, but they don't take information. They don't pause to listen or they, when they hear, they don't really hear. And the feedback, the information that you're giving them has no impact. They'll come and say, do this, 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 and this. Um, and they won't listen to, you know, the people that work for them, telling them, Hey, you know, we've done this. How about doing it this way? This hasn't worked or this work, why it worked. Um, and in fact, if it works, they will take all the glory and the credit. And if it doesn't work, they will give all the blame. So communication is so important um, as a leader and to avoid being a toxic leader, you have to communicate. You have to recognize that communication is two parts. You talk and you listen. So it's the giving and the receiving of information. So that's one thing. Um, another part of being a toxic leader, it's when you tell your team versus show your team. So it's so impactful when you show your team versus just tell them, you know, you're there with them, show them that you are in the trenches with them, how it's done. People will learn more instead of just walking and says, you know, you need to get that done. This is how it's done and walk away without taking the time to show them. I read this great book um, when I became a young leader, when I became a district manager um, for the Jimboree Corporation. I was promoted from a store manager to a district manager and it was winning with accountability. It's so important when you say to someone, 
to do something that you ask them to give you back information of what they understood. So if I go to somebody and I say to them, I want you to make this store beautiful, that doesn't explain anything because we all have different definitions of beautiful. So then if I say to them, okay, tell me back what I said and they say, make the store beautiful. Okay. Do you know what I mean by that? And we become, and it ties back into communication, right? Because we become better communicators. So then we can say, okay, that means grouping all the dresses together, getting all the shoes here and sizing the departments and signing the departments and things like that, and just getting more detail, that's going to be helpful and impactful. So showing them versus telling them, showing them that you can work with them, showing them that you are willing. If they're staying late, you're staying late. If they're coming early, you know, you're coming early. There should be nothing that's beneath you in the role and in the job that you do. That's number two. Number three, it is more about the people that you lead and less about you. And, you know, as a leader, it's about your people. It's not about you getting all the glory. It's about understanding the skill sets of your people. It's understanding what motivates your people. It's encouraging your people. It's giving compliments. It's giving constructive feedback. It's yes, holding them accountable, but you know, following up, it's not about you. So in every situation, in every conversation that you have, you really do need to take the you and the ego out of it and have an honest conversation with your people. So it is less about you and more about them. Number four, you are as responsible for the worst performer on your team as you are for the top performer. And this is something that trips people up because I've had leaders where they'll have a team and, you know, they'll take credit for the top performers, but the poor performers, they won't, they just won't own it. You own everybody on that team, not own them, but you own their performance. Everybody is responsible for their performance, but you own their performance. And if you're going to take credit and kudos for the top performer, where sometimes, you know, they come in with those skill sets, but we still take the credit for because we're a leader, right? It's a team. We also need to take the credit for the poor performance. And what are you going to do? So here's a lesson that I learned. I remember um, going to a meeting um, when I was a district manager and with my regional manager at the time. And she asked me who was my poorest, my worst performer. And I'm like, okay. I, I mean, I had it at the tip of my tongue, right? Because the people in the middle kind of get left out, right? So the top performers, the superstar, we know them. And the poor performers, we know them. And I was ready and I had a name. And she said something to me that I'll never forget. What have you done to develop her and turn around her performance. And I was like, huh? And, you know, in the back of my mind, I knew it that, you know, like, Hey, this is my team member and whatever. But I was just like, you know, I, I've done all that I can. I've done this. Um, what am I, you know, what else can I do? And it really forced me to take a hard look at myself and says, okay, 
in your mind, this person is expendable. Why is this person expendable? What have you given to this person? And I really stopped, took stock and focused on developing that person. And it also forced me to really understand the different skill sets of the different people on my team. Because yes, we do have to hold everybody accountable to the same standard, but not everybody learns the same. Different people, different things motivate different people. Some people are audio, prefer, you know, hearing. Some people prefer seeing. So there's audio, there's visual. So it was on me to learn and get the best out of her. So that really highlighted something to me. So I've learned since then, I am just as responsible for the poor performance as I am for the top performance. And number five, and there were so many nuggets, but I can't give them to you all. It was your team reflects you. And it ties into the other things that I mentioned about toxic leadership. My team is me. When somebody walks in and they see your team, it is you, the top performer. They're going to be looking at you and say, great job. This person is a superstar. The poor performer. You are responsible for that poor performer. So it's a reflection on you. So it behooves you to spend the time to learn the skill sets of your people. It behooves you to develop all your people and find out what they need. Do they need additional training? Do they need additional? Are they more audio? Are they more visual? What it is they need? Do they do need to go on a performance plan? Whatever it is, it is your responsibility to find that out and to give it to them in order for you to get the best out of them. So those are just five of the things I didn't want to go into everything, but I think it's so important as, you know, we are going through so much right now. And I feel like every podcast episode I do, I do talk about, you know, the pandemic, what's happening in terms of racial um, inequity, systemic racism, just so much hatred and violence that's going on. But with so much going on in the world as leaders, we are in unprecedented time. And how do you continue to lead people that are going through something, you know, like this? How do you lead a team of Blacks, people that are going through violence, people that are terrified for their lives, people that are concerned they're not going to make it home or their kids are not going to make it home. How do you lead a team of Asian Americans that are going through so much hatred right now that people are literally beating them up in the street? You know, how do you lead somebody who is different? As leaders, we need to do better. As leaders, we need to um, learn and understand our people, and we need to understand that they need different things than they did before. Right now, a lot of people are working from home because of the pandemic, and some of them are now back in the workplace, and people have genuine fear. They might not want to be in the workplace. So how do you lead differently? Because we cannot lead the same way that we have been leading all along. And like I said, 
toxic leadership, it's so easy. And I've seen so many toxic leaders. Um, and you know, when I have a conversation with somebody who is a leader, um, and sometimes they're on the same level as me, sometimes they're at a higher level and they are disparaging and they're talking about, um, you know, the poor performers and, you know, how many people, um, how poor these performers perform. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, the lesson that I learned, but I'm just as responsible for the poor performers as I am for the top performers. What have you done to develop them? And I've had some candid conversations and it might not have made me the most popular person in the room at the time, but I take that very seriously. Um, you know, and I think the fact that I am a minister and I feel that I answer to God more than anything else, um, truly does color the way I lead. And I'm always empathetic and trying to figure out, you know, how I can be better. And, you know, sometimes leaders, toxic leaders will want to say, how their people can be better. Yes, that's important. But in order for your people to get better, you need to get better. Are you invested in their well-being? Are you invested in their mental health? Are you doing things? Are you offering them, you know, time off to do the things? You know, I've worked in retail for so long and I find it so <laughs> fascinating that even now, People do not call out sick. And there is a stigma um, if you call out sick, you are looked down on and like you're less than. And I've had that experience, um, you know, where, you know, you don't want to call out. And I think one of the things that COVID-19 did was make it that, you know, if somebody's not feeling well, everybody's concerned about COVID so they can call out. But I have been shamed on more than one occasion because I was physically ill or a loved one, you know, my child is physically ill and I I had to call out from work and I was treated differently. You know, the conversations were different. The mannerisms were different. And I was just, I did lose complete respect for that person because my thought was, wow, how about a little empathy? How about being a human being and just recognizing that people have lives and that we love our jobs, but our job is not our be all and end all and nor should it be, um, honestly. So I'm just going to encourage you if you're in any capacity of leadership, Really focus on developing who you are as a person so that you can focus on the people that you lead, that you could lead with empathy, that you could lead um, with authority and because you got to hold people accountable. But when you're holding them accountable, ensuring that you are sympathetic and you're empathetic and that you recognize that everybody learns differently. You will have five people doing five jobs and do and they have completely different skill sets. You know, one of the one of the jobs that I had. So I worked for 
Jimboree. I was the district manager for Jimboree. And I always tell people, I think that was one of my best roles and one of my most challenging roles because under the Jimboree brand, the umbrella, there was four different brands. There was Jimboree, there was Jimboree Outlet, there was Janie and Jack, and then Crazy Aid came. And all four brands had different store manager. And you were a district manager and you had to manage different store managers. They had the same metrics. They had the same standards. So you still had to hold them accountable. But what was needed for the store manager for each role was so different. Like the Jimboree store manager had to understand what had to be a whiz at visual and presentations um, and just maximizing space. That was just one of the biggest thing. Like they had to be very, very visual. For the Jimboree outlet store managers, they really had to maximize space. And yes, it had to look good, but it was about getting everything out of the back room and into the sales force. So they really had to understand units and bulk. Um, the crazy eight was the same thing. It was in terms of, it was a kind of a mixture of the Jimboree and the Jimboree outlet. You had to understand visual, but kind of like a funky creative visual. And then you had to understand how to get out as much because the price points were a lot cheaper. So you had to get that out. And then the Janie and Jack was presentation, but less is more um, and understanding operations because you also, you had a lot of downtime. So four different managers, four different skill sets all had to hit the same metric. So it was very, very challenging because as I was in recruiting in, um, you know, for these roles, I had to make sure that I got the right manager, um, for each brand. And, you know, I had manager that was successful at Jimboree that could, wasn't, didn't work in the Janie and Jack and who worked at the Janie and Jack couldn't work in the Jimboree. So just understanding what made my people work and understanding what the business needed, like I said, was very challenging. So understand your people, understand what makes them successful and understand what they need and give it to them. That was, that is all I'm going to say. So in terms of toxic leadership, you don't have to tell anybody, but if you're a leader and you think that you have some toxic traits, get rid of it right now, just get rid of it because this world doesn't need anything else. Um, do what you have to do. Follow leaders that you admire, read books about leadership. Um, but just make sure that you are leading others the way you would like to be led. Treat others how you would like to be treated. The golden rule still applies in leadership. If you're a toxic leader, do all that you can to stop being a toxic leader. And if you have a toxic leader, I pray that you will have the courage to stand up to them and have a heart-to-heart -heart conversation. And maybe that conversation will change them and they will become a better leader because of it. So I thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. Please listen, like, subscribe, share. The podcast is available in all major podcasts and directory. It's in Amazon Music, um, Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, Pandora, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. It's on all of them. So please go ahead, listen, like, subscribe, send an email at Suzanne at PositivelySuzanne.com. Share your feedback, write a review. And as always, this is Suzanne saying thank you for listening.